1: Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. I'm your host, Robin LaCrosse. And today, we are going to be talking about the best way to pave the way for your kids to grow up with healthy sexuality. And how is that? Well, it's by doing your own sexual healing work. Today, I am bringing you Amrita Grace. She is amazing. I can't wait to uh, have this conversation with her. She is an award-winning, best-selling author and emerging visionary leader in the feminine sexual empowerment movement. She's been fiercely committed to guiding spirit-led women into their authentic embodied personal power since 2000, inspiring them to live the fulfilled and abundant lives they dream of. She is the co-founder and director of the Sacred Feminine Mystery School Facilitating Sacred Sexual Awakening and Healing Workshops, Retreats, and Facilitator Certification Trainings, Designed by Women for Women. Her award-winning book, entitled Reclaiming Aphrodite, The Journey to Sexual Wholeness, just celebrated its 10th anniversary of publication. Amrita holds a global vision for a re-evolution of safe, sacred, High intensity sexual healing, awakening, and empowerment that will in- transform relationships of all kinds, including our relationship to the earth and the relationship between the masculine and feminine. Hi, I'm Rita. Thank you so much for being here with us today.
2: Hi, Robin.
1: It's really a really pleasure to have you to on be the here. show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So I know that you work with exclusively with women. And over the years, you've seen like so much, like I know your work revolves a lot around like healing, sexual healing, this type of stuff. And so, I'm curious when you're dealing with adults who have experienced all these sexual traumas that are happening, what, what types of things do you see? Like how is it impacting the relationships? What does it take to heal this stuff? I mean, I have I don't know, like questions that go in five different directions at once here. Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> but you know, I'm just kind of
2: curious. Go ahead. But well, we've got time to explore several of these threads. Yes, we do. So, um, so it's interesting because, of course, well, I want to. I want to just sort of lay a little bit of foundation for this because mm-hmm. there's, of course, so much, so much childhood trauma that we're talking about here, but really the impact of living in our society today it, it really inflicts sexual trauma on everybody because there are so many mixed messages between um, religion saying you can't you're not supposed to have sex till you're married which is ridiculous that's not happening and for most people and um, and making it immoral, and shaming people for it. There's that message. And then there's the whole sex and advertising and sexiness. And I just heard a story recently, which really resonated for me because this happened to me as a child, about um, little girls, little tiny girls, like six-year-olds, in a beauty pageant. And how their moms were needing them to be sexy and what they were having them wear and how they were getting them airbrushed and tanned. And, um and I had a similar experience when I was a child, only it wasn't about sexy in those days. But these kind of mixed messages, not to even mention what comes down through our lineages, through past lives, if you buy into that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and, and just what we're carrying in our cells and in our genes. So that's sort of the foundation of we all have this sexual wounding that we need to deal with.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so that's so that's a piece of it. I mean, one of the, one of the stories that I've heard uh, as, an, as, as far as an adult goes from a woman is that her husband essentially forced her to have a child she didn't want to have. And I was like, I had never even heard a story like that, but I'm sure she's not the only one that's ever happened to. Oh, yeah. So just the, the ways in which trauma, of impacts us all throughout our lives, it just accumulates and accumulates and accumulates. So we get to this point where, okay, what do we do with all that? When we wanna get healthy, when we want to really kind of have amazing relationships. And And I certainly can relate this to my own story, which is that I did have childhood sexual abuse and that manifested for me as sexual addiction which is un- unusual for women because women often shut down. Yeah. And for me, I went hypersexual. But there came a time when I needed to heal my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And years of therapy, honestly, didn't really help.
0: Right.
2: And therapists telling me, well, you have to be in 12-step or you're not in recovery. That didn't help either. So, so there have to be ways that people can get the healing they need that is in conjunction with or above and beyond talk therapy, that is somatic, that bypasses the words in the brain, and that can help them move this energy access and move this energy out in ways that are safe, that are in integrity, that are... um, that are that are fairly easy to access and not don't require reliving the whole trauma all over again, and can free people up.
1: Yes. And so and just for people who aren't familiar with somatic healing, can you just briefly like tell people what that is? Because it's absolutely. A yeah.
2: So somatic means of the body. And there are lots of different kinds of somatic healing methods out there. Uh, it's it's essentially can be putting hands on the body or it can be energy work, putting hands above the body, like as in Reiki or something like that. Mm-hmm. And There are just more modalities coming all the time that are body based or somatic. And it's really amazing what can happen when a person, a practitioner or healer with no agenda simply brings presence to another person who's in that receptive position. And just that alone, just that presence alone can, can create massive movement of energy and healing. Mm-hmm. So in my own work, we work with breath and sounds. And those are two really important factors in somatic work.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So using the breath, it helps us get embodied. And using sounds helps us move energy out. So, so many people, especially women, are really shut down around their voice. Mm, and sure. yeah, and I mean, this goes back eons. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is some of the stuff that's in our cells and our lineages. Really going back to the the Inquisition and the burning of the witches and how women had to turn each other in to keep their own families safe. They were silenced they were shut down their intuition their their herbal craft their midwifery was all shut down but we're healing this now we get to heal this now mm-hmm. and i i bring this up because it's important to really understand how far back this wounding really goes
1: yeah and that's it's hundreds long. of years yeah Hundreds and thousands even. Yeah,
2: yeah. mm -hmm. So this this is part of the reason that people, but especially women, are shut down in their voices. Because it wasn't only women in the Inquisition. And it isn't only women who are sexually, who have experienced sexual wounding and childhood wounding. It's men as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so there's... I think there's two ways I want to go here. And I think I want to go with the the lineage stuff because I find that really fascinating. And it's true. We do pass like our beliefs, our experiences down, you know, through the family history, whether or not it's intentional or not. But a lot of times children, you know, like yourself, myself, who have been sexually abused, often our mother or our parent was sexually abused. Can you talk a little bit about the, this stuff that's in our DNA, the stuff that gets passed down our, in our family history that, you know, like these, these ugly things like the sexual abuse and this kind of thing. Like, can you talk about the ancestral lineage and the wounding and, and the DNA stuff in our, in our genes that you were just talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I'm,
2: I'm so happy to talk about this. It's such an important subject that not that many people are talking about. But, it, I mean, there, people do recognize that cycle of abuse, on the physical aspect in the physical plane. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, the, the parent was an abuser. So that tends, and then the child tends to become an abuser and on down the line, but there's, there's really a deeper story to it. And, and that is that, um, I'm sure you know about this, that let's see if I say this, right. That when our mother is in her mother's womb, the, the egg that becomes us is already inside of her. Yes. So, I mean, just imagining that, the fact that there is that kind of cellular connection to our foremothers mm-hmm. is huge.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's, so, there's, so there's the physical component, there's the energetic com- component, and then there's the scientific component, the cellular piece. And I'm not a scientist. I don't know a whole lot about that. But I'm, I am tuned into the, the the more recent studies around epigenetics and things like that about how we can change our genes and we can change our cellular memory. So so that's really more focused on the healing component of it. But if we focus on the lineage of it, we don't always get to know if our our, our, our parents or our grandparents or our great-grandparents were in abusive situations.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And for some people, there's a step-parent that comes in. That was my situation. It was a stepfather. And I've done decades of work around this. And eventually I got to a place of real compassion, not spiritual bypass compassion, but real compassion for him and in realizing that he was very likely abused as well because I remember his parents and his dad was mean. He
1: mm-hmm.
2: was mean. And and mom was sort of codependent and taking care of everyone and making sure every she was the nice one, you know. I remember that. I was only a little kid.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So so there are there are different aspects that come into play in this in this lineage piece, but one way or another it gets handed down. And because it's been so silent until fairly recently. I mean, even when I was a kid, I was 17 when I finally let my family know because I'd been keeping the secret.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Even then, there wasn't any real help for me, or at least nobody could direct me to any any support on that. There wasn't any at school. And by then, I was pretty far gone anyway, a messed up teenager. And my mom was frozen. She didn't know what to do. And there was some talk of bringing him to trial, and that was dismissed, and I mean, it was just, a, no, we're not going to do that and put you kids on the stand kind of a thing. Thank right. goodness for that. But then but then that person then goes on and molests
1: other people. Yeah, yeah. Or potentially, potentially. Yeah, there's absolutely there's, the
2: risk, yeah. So there's a lot of ways and we can, I, I feel that we can tune in energetically to our four mothers and four fathers we can ask them in spirit. We can we can use our intuition to guide us. But the most important thing here is, is that it's the buck stops here and that we do our own healing, whether we know our histories or not. Mm-hmm. And I'll circle that right back to we all have sexual wounding, every single one of us.
1: Yes. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about healing our sexual wounding.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances, You find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations you'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication. Raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner. Maintain your focus, no matter how the other party reacts, and resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com dot com. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio dot com. Now back to Robin Lacrosse. So we're back, Amrita. You mentioned
1: before about how regular therapy, talk therapy didn't help you. And so can you talk a little bit about what did help and, you know, what you found to be effective as far as, you know, trying to address some of these, you know, sexual wounding and this family? Oh, knowledge?
2: I sure will. Yeah, this, is, this was a really important turning point in my life. So I had about seven years of therapy and, and it did. It helped a lot on many levels, but I came out the other end of that feeling like my sexuality was still unhealed. I was still acting out sexually. My sexual energy was all over the place. And the most frustrating thing of all was that each therapist that I would go to and say, I've diagnosed myself as a sex addict. Can you help me? They were they they said, well, you have to do 12-step. It's the only way. And I tried that, and it really didn't resonate for me. It didn't feel like a good fit. Yeah. So I had to find my own way. Again, the resources weren't really available to me Mm -hmm. at that time and where I lived. So um, I was very, very lucky in that I was guided to a school that was teaching sexual healing and that was training men and women to be healers in that field. And that school was founded by Caroline Muir, who's still my very dear friend and business partner, as a matter of fact. And um, and I found my way to that school, and she was my mentor at that time. And over the course of a few years, and it did take me a few years, as I did that work of sexual healing and learning how to be a healer in that field and a teacher, I slowly but surely brought my own sexual energy into integrity and came into what I call sexual sobriety. Because when you're a sex addict, how do you know when you're sober? <laughs> yeah, it's right? Not, yeah, yeah, it's not It's not when you're celibate.
1: Yeah. You can uh-huh. be
2: celibate and still be in addiction. Right. But I, when we each need to define our own sexual sobriety, one of the things I didn't agree with about 12-step is once an addict, always an addict that has not been true for me right? Mm -hmm. at all. And I I don't buy into it. So um, I got to define when I was sexually sober and I got to define when I was fully healed and no longer an addict. And it's really about integrity with my own sexual energy and and it's looking at the ways in which I act out sexually, even energetically. Because it really came down to, I quit acting out physically. But at some point, energetically, how do I show up with other people? Um, How do I manage my own sexual energy? And this is a really big piece of the puzzle that a lot of people really aren't aware of. And we're not taught. We are just not taught in school by our parents, generally, how to be with our sexual energy, which is our life force energy. And it's absolutely necessary to have knowledge and education around this energy because it's what animates our bodies so as I learned these sexual healing techniques from a very high integrity school and from Caroline Muir who's an amazing being and had decades of experience in this work I was able to come into full integrity with my sexual energy and then start to be able to hold space for other people to do the same. Mm -hmm. As I came into that school, just as it opened, uh, they had a certified spiritual sexual educator program. It was a two-year program. And as soon as I experienced that body of work, I said, I'm in. This is my work. Mm -hmm. And so to this day, there was a little bit of pause there for some other things that happened in my life. But to this day... I'm still teaching that work and now I'm training teachers and practitioners in this work because I have a global vision of how really high integrity safe sexual healing can impact the planet in huge ways. Yes, that's amazing.
1: And Caroline, she's wonderful. I just adore her. We actually we interviewed her, which you're aware of, I know, just a couple weeks ago. So I was just curious, like, as a parent, you know, you're obviously concerned about the sexual energy that your, say, for example, your teenage daughter is, is putting out into the world. And I'm curious if you have any thoughts um, how a mom might be able to kind of manage that energy and direct it in healthy ways.
2: Wow, that's such a great question. And even though I'm not a parent myself, I have three sisters who all have daughters. No, excuse me, two of the three have daughters. Mm -hmm. And so, and I notice like the education of young children, whether it's negative or positive around sexuality or both, is an important subject to me. So, So this is a really critical piece. And I think what parents really absolutely must do is do their own sexual healing work. And that means really accessing, being willing to look at their own sexual shadows, the skeletons in their sexual closet. And that could be something as as seemingly small as when they were in college, they said yes to sex when they really didn't want it. That is sexual wounding. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that every time as a woman, especially we have intercourse with a man, we're taking in his energy. So if we have actually have sex with someone or intercourse with someone we really don't want to, or someone who's angry, or someone who's toxic in some way, we continue to carry that those imprints, those energetic imprints. So it's, um so so as parents, as, as long as we're carrying these things within us, they're they're on some level coming through to our children in the form of our fixed beliefs that are maybe correct and maybe not correct, in the form of our emotional energy. And these kids, especially these kids coming in now are super, super sensitive. They're very intuitive. They're far more advanced than I was as a child on so many levels. And they're also so much more streetwise way, way more streetwise than I ever was as a kid, which isn't necessarily a good thing, but it has its benefits.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So as parents, we need to get a really up-to-date sexual education and be able to talk freely, speak freely, freely without shame and guilt and embarrassment about sexuality among ourselves as adults to start with. Yeah. So having that frank, honest conversation with our partner to begin with is a really good start.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's actually, it's really hard for adults to talk about sex, which would be, you know, you think is, as, as you know, we're adults, we should be able to talk about this. But actually talking about sex is one of the most challenging things, even for intimate couples, you know, like telling somebody, oh, this is this hurts or, oh, what if you did it this way instead? You know, we're afraid of, you know, provoking, you know, wounding our partner's pride or things like that. I mean, there's a million reasons why we don't open our mouth and say whatever it is that we're thinking. And you were just talking to how we shut ourselves down. I mean, it's all so interconnected. It's just crazy.
2: It is interconnected, and, and the truth is, it's really, it's through no fault of our own. It's through the lack of education. I mean, the education that's in schools, I don't exactly know what it's like these days, but in my day, it was ridiculous. It's not honest. It's not truthful. It's filled with shame. It's filled with imperatives that kids are never going to follow, and it's downright disgusting. Mm-hmm. So, and it doesn't work, is the yeah. thing. Yeah, it simply
1: doesn't work. It's fear based, and yeah, kids are just like, uh, yeah, what do you know?
2: You're just a dumb adult. <laughs> exactly, fear based. Yeah, that's the thing. And mm-hmm. and both my husband and I are trained in in sexual healing work, and and even we have had to overcome some obstacles around t- talking about our intimacy, our intimate life. So it's it's really ingrained in the lack of education and the the shame that the overlay of shame. And I really see this change starting to change and I want to really be part of the solution on this. Mm -hmm. And, And, and it really takes people, adults to start with being willing to address their sexual wounding. And there are, there are ways to do that that are coming about now that are, that are a lot friendlier and easier than they used to be. Like, for instance, Caroline evolved fully clothed sexual healing work. And this is what I'm carrying forward, is this fully clothed sexual healing work that is really more like, kind of like having an energy work session or a Reiki session. Only the the person that's doing the, the quote unquote healing isn't really Doing anything, they're being with and they're holding space, mm-hmm. and they're inviting the the person receiving to breathe. And maybe they're placing their hands very gently, but they're but they're not leaving out the the pelvic region, like so many modalities do because they have to. Right. Yeah,
1: that's so true. Just, it's like.
2: We're not minding all of that. We're in, uh, this is an unregulated field, and we're kind of making our own rules, which has its upsides and its downsides. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of "quote unquote" sexual healers out there that are not trained, and they're they're not in integrity, and they don't know what they're doing, and they're really not helping, and they're actually probably rewounding people. Mm. So it's it's really important if you do choose to seek out sexual healing to be really discerning about who you, really discerning about who you work with.
1: Yeah. Well, and especially with sexuality, I mean, it's such already a sensitive topic, you know, just to start out with. And so having somebody who's really high integrity, I think is super important because, yeah, you're Absolutely. right. I mean, they're, it's not regulated and anybody can hang out their single, shingle and say, oh, I'm a sexual healer. And who knows, you know, what they're really doing. So yeah, so that's a valid point. And it's actually a point that Caroline raised, too, during her interview. So I think it's it's important for people to know that there there's definitely different levels of quality out there. Yes, yes. there certainly are. Mm-hmm. So on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right
0: back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances... You find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication. Raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner. Maintain your focus, no matter how the other party reacts. And resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse.
1: So we're back, and Amrita, you mentioned that um, Caroline and you have a, a method of sexual healing with clothing on. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what that looks like and what's involved with that?
2: I would be delighted to do so. So this process is called Sacred Sexual Awakening and Healing. And that's actually the name of the process. And it's something that's evolved over the last, I would say, about 15 years. And it's really continued to evolve to the place that it's at now and the place that I'm training teachers and practitioners in this work from. So, I wanted to say what it describe what it, one of those session looks sessions looks like, say, in a weekend workshop. And at this time, I'm only working with women. However, in my teacher training, teacher practitioner training, the certifications, I'm teaching them to work with people of all genders because everybody needs this. Mm-hmm. And since I'm trained to, in in how to work with men and sexual healing, I'm also training the teachers in that. But for now, the teacher training even is all women because women really need that safety and that, that sort of absence of the masculine-feminine dynamic that can come into play and certainly was in play when I was in my own training. Mm-hmm. So in a weekend workshop, I would divide women into groups of three after laying a foundation of what is presence. What does it mean to be in presence? Mm -hmm. which is a very sort of feminine way of being instead of doing, being present in one's own body and with oneself, and then being present for another. I would then describe to them the three distinct roles that they would have a chance to experience each one of as we went through three rounds of this sexual healing session work. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: The first role is that of the facilitator, and the second role is that of the receiver, and the third role of, uh, is that of the sacred witness. So in these groups of three, there's because it's not just this sort of one-on-one, it's actually, there's actually a third person present. This can, it creates this container mm-hmm. that's very special, that's very sacred. And I don't choose the groups of three. I let it be a random selection. I tell them the goddess chooses. And she knows exactly how to put you in the perfect triads. Mm -hmm. So as I get them settled into these groups of three, where one woman is sitting on the floor with her back supported, and that's the sacred witness. And then the receiver lays back against her chest and so that she's fully supported. And then the facilitator sits facing the receiver and she maybe sits on a meditation cushion or something that raises her up a little bit, and she comes in close enough so that she can can put put her hands on, at least on her heart chakra, maybe not any higher than that without stretching. And then the receiver just drapes her legs over the facilitator's knees, so that's kind of a, of a visual representation. And then I guide them every step of the way through breathing coming into deep presence with themselves and also for the facilitator that that there's nothing that she needs to do, that it's really not about doing. I'll give her some simple guidelines and have her ask permission before she places a hand to start with on the receiver's heart. She'll ask permission and the receiver can say yes or no. Mm -hmm. And if she says yes, then she might just place a hand very gently on the receiver's heart, not, pressing or rubbing or trying to send any kind of energy or project anything she's just being present and as that magical presence is created and the breath is deepened and there's an encouragement that as the receiver feels an emotion that instead of speaking about it she gives it a sound like a primal sound or whatever she can. Sometimes it's just a hum. Mm -hmm. And sometimes she can't even get any sound to move, but we invite her to do so. And as women breathe deep breaths and start to access those stored emotions and release them with sounds, and sometimes those sounds come out as words, um, but just really in a primal way rather than a talking sort of mental way. Mm -hmm the energy can move very, very quickly. And what happens in this presence-based situation with the sacred witness just holding the space is that the receiver gets to have an opportunity to experience her own subtle energy, some subtle and some not so subtle. Mm -hmm. But there's nobody sending her anything. There's nobody um, requiring anything from her. Or she doesn't need to take care of anybody else's comfort she just simply gets to be with herself. She gets to breathe, and she gets to feel, and she gets to release, whatever that looks like for her. Maybe she needs to move a little bit. Maybe she needs to shake or shudder. But whatever it is, she breathes, she gives it a sound, and in as little as 10 minutes in a session like this, a woman can come out the other side of this feeling like a brand new being and feeling freed up from years, decades, centuries, eons of trapped, held, wounding.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's quite miraculous and quite incredible. It gives me goosebumps just hearing you talk about it. <laughs> it's so <laughs> powerful. And it really comes from a tradition of Tantra, which is the tradition, tradition that Caroline comes from. But mm-hmm. It's really not Tantra. It's really the foundation that people really should have before they learn Tantra, it's instead of exchanging energy with another person, how about if we come into our own space first mm. and come into presence with ourself and really learn to hold space for another from that place of presence. And I use the word presence a lot. And I can break that down a little bit too, which is I would break down presence as full attention, awareness, and participation in the present moment rather than thinking about um, the past or the future or making plans for a few minutes from now or, or even I wonder if everything's okay here. It's like when we breathe, we come into presence. It's an automatic natural process because when you're tuned into your breath, notice how when you tune into your breath, the thoughts kind of fade away. Mm-hmm. Can't really tune into your mind and tune into your breath at the same time. So these are the principles that we use. It's so simple. Yes. It's incredibly simple and incredibly powerful. In fact, it's deceptively simple.
1: Mm-hmm. And yet it's difficult for people <laughs> to be just like sit in that quiet space and, and be present and allow you to focus on your breath or allow somebody else just to be there and do what they need to do. And you just sit there and hold space. I think that's, that's definitely a challenge for people, but I think it's a really great practice for us to engage in.
2: Well, it's again, it's, we're just not educated. We're not taught. We're taught to be doers and achievers and accomplishers Mm -hmm. and be in that real masculine energy, which absolutely has its place.
1: Mm -hmm. But
2: what about this feminine balance what about this sacred feminine piece that is really wanting to land in our bodies and on the planet now for, for all of us, for, mm-hmm. for, for men, for women, for all genders? This balance of the feminine needs to come in and swing the pendulum a bit to, to then settle back into balance within us and around us and on the planet, especially in the way we treat the planet, in the politics it's yet yeah, it all begins within, so this presence piece is a very feminine direction for this work, from a very masculine tradition mm-hmm. and it has taken some years for it to to evolve, and it's it's taken me coming in already being a high priestess when I came into this work, and saying, "This work is about presence for me, right from the very beginning, right. And Caroline didn't understand that at first, but she does now bless her, bless her. She was willing to to see that this component of it is important and to to even to learn from me about the work that she brought into being.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I love her for it
1: yes, uh, and there's you know we we all we're all experts in our own thing, and it's great that we're able to you know, see somebody else's point of view and the value that they bring to the table. So it's really awesome that she was open to exploring presence with you and realizing that hey, you're onto something here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Yes. So we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances... You find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication. Raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner. Maintain your focus, no matter how the other party reacts. And resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com Now back to Robin LaCrosse.
1: And we're back. Thank you for sticking with us. So Amrita, I would like to talk about men, both from the perspective of the role that they can play in helping to facilitate their partner's sexual healing. And then I'm also um, would like to talk a little bit about men who need, you know, men need sexual healing too. And so I don't want to go away from our conversation without at least touching on that a little bit too. So so tell me, tell me about about.
2: men. Yeah. It's super important. Um, My own beloved husband was sexually abused by a man when he was a teenager. And so he brought, brought that forward into his life. And he's also trained as a certified spiritual sexual educator, as am I, he was trained by Caroline as well. So I know how important this work is for men and I also know how valuable it is when men can be come into relationship with this aspect of their being healed because oh my gosh we've been together for um, more than 11 years Mm -hmm. and after two marriages that were a mess for me the total 20 years and then eight years of essentially um, being single and mostly celibate because I wasn't going to settle as I did my sexual healing work, my higher level sexual healing work. I really held out for a man who could meet me in this new place that I was in. And boy, did he show up in spades. Oh, I this love is it. one amazing man that I drew into my life. And I still every day celebrate that. And even now, I'm post-menopause and post-breast cancer, and I've got no estrogen, and I've got no libido, but we work it out. We talk about what we need to talk about. We, we find new ways to be intimate with each other, and I just refuse to let this beautiful relationship, let the intimacy drop, let the, the sexual intimacy drop away, just because I don't really feel a lot of arousal easily. Mm -hmm. So we, and he's just been so amazing in working with me on this and being understanding. And when I finally confessed how painful intercourse was for me, I didn't confess for a long time. So that's one of the ways that I went co-dependent. Mm -hmm. When I finally confessed it, the first thing out of his mouth was no intercourse for three months. And I went, What? And then I was so grateful because it, it gave my yoni a chance to rest and heal a bit. And it also really inspired us to find new ways to be together intimately because no intercourse for three months didn't mean no sex for three months at all. Mm-hmm. It said, what else can we explore? So, So I know very well that men have sexual wounding too, because like I said early on in this podcast everyone's got it to some level or another, whether they think they've been sexually abused, quote unquote, or not, everyone's got it. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So, so men need it too. And when men receive that kind of, of when they do their own inner work around sexuality, they can show up for their partner in a whole new way. And they can, they can talk about the things that need to be talked about. There, there aren't, shameful topics that are embarrassing to talk about they can hold space for their partner to to speak about whatever whatever she needs to speak about if it's a female partner they and if it's a male partner same same they can they can hold space for whatever needs to happen and they can bring compassion and healing energy and presence This is the big one. They can bring presence to their partner Mm -hmm. so that their partner can feel heard, held, and safe. And so really what it comes down to is safety, honestly. Mm -hmm. It comes down to feeling safe in a relationship, feeling safe to be exactly who you are, feeling safe to bring whatever issues you have and not be belittled or shamed for them. And and feeling safe to to let your little inner wounded parts come forward, and be wounded, whatever whatever they look like, and to, and to know that that space can be held for you to have a meltdown or whatever needs to happen without the partner getting triggered. Right. So so it's it's really um, a magical combination of ingredients to bring to a relationship, especially when both partners have done some sexual healing work. To, to be able to really be safe with each other. And so I knew that it was really important. There are women coming to my trainings, my teacher trainings, that are drawn and called to work with men. And I want to make sure that they are fully empowered to do that and also that this spectrum of gender that's really alive in our, our planet right now and is is only going to continue to grow it's really important for people of all genders and for transgendered people to be able to get this kind of healing too and that's why the where the fully clothed work is so important and so imperative and necessary it's really uh, it's really the foundation of 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 simple, powerful, accessible sexual healing work that, that it d- doesn't have to be scary. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Although I think a lot of people would be like, oh, well, you're asking me to dig into these scary places. It's like, how can it not be scary? <laughs> Of course it's scary. It's scary, but you don't have to take your clothes off. Yeah. And, you know, facing these things is, is, you know, I mean, basically it's kind of like walking through the fire type thing, you know, it's like, yeah, these, these wounds are scary to face, but when you do, What's on the other side is just amazing. and I mean you're just talking about it. You've had these two failed marriages, 20 years of you know messed up relationships and now you have this a beautiful, amazing, you know wonderful partnership in your life for the last 11 years. you know and um, what has sexual healing done for your relationship?
2: <laughs> well, it's what it's done for my entire life. Yeah, and I've spoken a little bit about my relationship, which is incredible. But the, I mean, just this morning, as, as I've continued to do my own inner work, which I've accelerated because now I'm training teachers and practitioners, I've got to continue to do my shadow work and my, my work around um, evolving myself, my soul, my energy, my evolutionary work in this life. It's, it's important for me to accelerate it. And as I do that, I feel every day more content, more abundant, more happy, more aligned with my soul's purpose, more um, aligned with my guidance, more um, physically healthy. And just what I really noticed this morning is that more and more open-hearted all the time, Mm -hmm. I'm a really shut down kid who had terrible posture because unbeknownst to anybody, I was protecting my heart.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And all my mom could do was stand up straight and stand against the wall and threaten me and things like that. That's all she knew how to do. But really, I was protecting my heart. And it took years of work to get all the layers of protection Off my heart and and it's it's almost feels like it's been kind of the last thing to really open but even just this morning I was feeling I'm caring more about other people about causes about about I'm having more compassion flowing through my life than I've ever had before and it feels really good Mm -hmm. it's just a natural arising so what happens when people do their sexual healing work? Every aspect of our lives is impacted. And let's even talk about finances and money and abundance because that is first and second chakra stuff. Yes. And when you don't clear that, how can you ever receive abundance? When you don't know how to receive, when you've been grown up with addiction and codependency, and it's everywhere, I mean, we're all, we all have codependency, right? Mm-hmm. But when, but when you when you don't even know how to receive because you've been taught that giving is the only thing that's good, things like that, right. how can you receive money? How can you receive abundance? So it's all connected.
1: Yes, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. We could just talk about this stuff all day long. I could tell <laughs> there's just so much more. I was like, oh, we need another hour. <laughs> we covered a lot of ground we have we definitely have and I want to let people know how to get in touch with you and you also have a free gift for everybody and I just want to let everybody know that we will have Amrita's website and the link to her free gift on our website but can you like tell everybody what you uh you brought for them today Absolutely. So
2: even though the word feminine is this in, is in this title it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, my gift is called Ignite your Sacred Feminine Fire and it's a series of three videos that I made with some simple exercises that you can really do just about anywhere anytime that will help you access your life force energy which nobody told us growing up is actually your sexual energy and you want access to that. You don't want to shut that off or cut it off or shut it down because this is what brings up our passion for life, our joy. We want full access to it whether we're in a sexual relationship or not. So Ignite Your Sacred Feminine Fire is my gift, and I hope you'll check it out and do the exercises and find some um, real excitement,
1: passion, and joy in your life. Great. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking with you today. I appreciate your time. And- yeah, yes, I mean, it has been, been it. very much a pleasure
2: too. And I'll say my website is sacredfeminineschool.com. And I also have, I also write a blog. Um, and that's on my personal website, omritagrace.com. Well, thank you Facebook. so much, Robin. What a yes. pleasure to be interviewed by you and to have well, this wonderful conversation.
1: Yeah, it's been my pleasure. So I'll put both of those website links on the site for you. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day and we will
0: see you next week. Bye-bye.